What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. This is the Rims and Nets Podcast, episode 49, segment 3. All right, so I'm going to wrap this episode up. Uh, just a few days behind the other episodes, but we're going to um, continue this. We're recording this on a Friday, February almost the end of February, February 26th, I see, we just turned Saturday, so we're recording this on midnight, February 26th, which a lot has happened as far as like the playoffs and stuff, Um, so far Massachusetts and Connecticut, which we'll probably wrap up the show with. Their playoffs hasn't even started yet, but Rhode Island, which we're going to get into right now, their playoffs are just starting to wrap up their semifinals. Um, we had the quarterfinals as well early in the week, so we're going to kind of review those games. But to start out, we're going to give my um, top 10 ranking for Rhode Island. And just to kind of give us a glimpse of the talent level of these teams that have, you know, that are facing each other in these, you know, uh, opening round games and then, and then the semifinals. So let's get that started. First, what I had for the ranking in February for Rhode Island, I had number one, I had Lizelle Academy. I had number two, Classico. I had number three, Bishop Hendrickin, which has had a nice run up late. They definitely have definitely turned things around after a, a slow start. You have number four, you have West Westerly. You have number five, you have Smithfield. And then you have a couple of Division two teams. You got sh- number six, Shea. You got number seven, Rogers. Number eight, Tolman. Number nine, Mo- Mount Hope. And then you have number 10, Coventry, which is kind of having a, a – had a, had a – Pretty decent season, but it was kind of a rough ending to it. So basically, to start out, I like LaSalle, uh, LaSalle Academy's season so far. They've only lost one game. They have 20, I believe it was 21 games on, 21 games that they were able to win. So they've definitely had a very successful season led by, uh, Rafael Abwa is their top player. Then you have uh, number two, Classical. They're led by Everson St. Franck and uh, Marcus Buchanan, which he's a two-sports star. So they are a very athletic team. They, they've, I believe, only lost two games on the year. Bishop Hendrickson. Right now, they're last time I checked, they were 14 and 7. We'll have to see what they did in the semifinal game, which we'll get to in a, in a moment. Westerly, let me just look at the standings on them. They're 15 and 7. Which they fell in the uh, 
one of the open round games, so we'll uh, take note of that. And then to round up the top five, we had, hold on just a sec. Let me see, hold on just a sec, guys. You have Smithfield which they've been impressive of late. Which their record is 17 and six. So we'll pretty much just give you the top five of that. Let's take a look at the bracket so far in the playoffs. Which I have my notes ready to go for that. Give me a second. And let's start with the quarterfinals. Um, let's see, let's begin with the preliminary games. Um, probably the biggest one was uh, to start out was Westerly. They played against Cumberland. Cumberland was able to get the upset. They won 48 to 40. Big upset against them. I mean, um, that was definitely a more of a defensive struggle for them. And a lot of these scores are pretty low scoring. Westerlies, obviously, they got a couple of sound players. So that was an impressive victory for Cumberland. And then another game that was somewhat a low-scoring affair as well, 43-35 to 35 by number four seed Smithfield. They won pretty pretty defensive-minded game for them. They're led by big man Riley Green, one of their best big men, which kind of helps to solidify their, um, their back end, their defense. So... Not a team that's super powerful, but they were able to get the win nevertheless. And then also you had Narragansett. They beat Portsmouth 62-58. to And then you had Central, the 11-seed Central team. They faced off against number six, East Providence. They won 67-60. to And then the final one, Mount Pleasant. They were able to beat number 10, Barrington. Number seven, Mount Pleasant, as they won 80 to 61. So those are the basically the playing games to pretty much prepare us for the opening round games, which, you know, LaZelle Academy had a first round bye. 
You had Bishop Hendrickson that had a first round bye, and then you had Classical that had a first round bye. Um, let's take a look at those results. LaSalle County beat Narragansett. Again, Ralph Awa had a nice game in that one. Smithfield Riley Gann was able to win beat Cumberland 53 to 46. Bishop Hendrickson which they're led by led by stars Aze Wale and David Lynch and Azmir Abdullah, which that's been a very productive trio for them all season long. They were able to Continue on their success of late and was able to easily beat Central 81 to 45. And then you have number two classical against number seven unpleasant. Classical won handily 73 to 51. Obviously, like I just mentioned, led by Averson St. Franck and Marquez Buchanan. Well, it was pretty tough to get statistics on Rhode Island. So I wasn't able to get, you know, final statistics on those games. But let's take a look at the semifinal rounds. You have number one, LaZelle Academy against number four, Smithfield. They were able to win 63 to 49, which that pretty much happened. Uh, I believe it was last night. So that final happened just last night. Yeah, so that was a pretty effective victory for them again. They're led by Ralph Yaawa. Twenty-two and one in the year. What a what a season they've had. Dimitri Lafonte's also one of their top players. The big man is Joe Melvin, 6'5", big man. Kevin Uday is also a, a player that I mentioned in the past as well. So they got four good, four legit players that they rely on, and that's why they had such a great season. They definitely have relied on those guys to really solidify things for them. And we're just going to try to see if we can get the results for that other semifinal game, which is Bishop Hendrickson and Classical. Just give me a sec.
Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I could not find the score for Richard Hedrickin. It's like this is like a live stream kind of. Oh man, this is sorry. I sorry guys. Okay, if I can find the score in the next segment, I will. Or if there is, well, this is this probably be the final segment, but I'm gonna try to definitely find that as soon as I can throughout the show. But so far, we have Lazal moving on. They're going to be in a D1 championship game, which will be at Rhode Island College. This will pretty much be on Sunday. Sunday, February 27th at 5 p.m. Right now, we have Lazal College in that game. I'm thinking if I had to make a prediction, let's make a prediction. I would say possibly classical probably has the upper hand in that one. But Bishop Hendrickin, I like what they I've seen some film on Bishop Hendrickin. They're a very athletic team. They like to play a lot of you know high you know full court press, high level defense. And they like to get steals, get out in transition, get easy buckets. Classical is a little bit more of a team that's more controlled, which I, which I did see in the footage on, that I'm actually speaking of. I seen um, Classical playing them in that type of game, and they were able to be successful against them. Well, I'm gonna look at the previous matchup. If you look at the previous matchup against Mitchell Hendrickin, they or the the past two previous matchups against Mitchell Hendrickin, they were able to beat them seventy six to sixty eight in the first matchup, which was all the way in December fourteenth. Then in the second matchup, which I'm referring to, they won handily seventy one to forty six against that team that really was pressuring them a lot. And a lot of that footage for his full court press and stuff. But the reason why Bishop Hendrickson has had a really tough season is just they've been inconsistent shooting the ball. So I look for Classical, which is a team that can kind of do it all, can shoot well, as well as, you know, you know, get out and transition, defend, play good defense. They have very good size as well. Like Buchanan's very good. Uh, Everson St. Franck is like, he sits at like 6'5". He's a very big, you know, forward slash center for them. Azaria Harrison's another good guy that's pretty talented. That's a sophomore. So they got some weapons. They definitely got some weapons, and it's the reason why, you know, them and LaZelle Academy have been the class of the state all season long. Their only loss 
like legit loss. They lost to Northwood Free Academy in Connecticut early in the year, sixty-one to fifty-five. And then yeah, they lost to LaSalle, fifty-nine to thirty-five. Those are the only two losses they've had this season. So, you know, by the looks of it, it looks like LaSalle is pretty much in the driver's seat to potentially win the state. You know, if if you're depending on past success, you know, losing just only by, um, well, classical losing by 14 points in that game is proof, not 14, uh, 24 points. They lost by 24. Like I said, they only scored 35 in that one, which is probably one of the lowest scoring games that that they pretty much scored in all season long. So, and that was back in January 6th. So, dating on that type of level that they were playing against, Lazal Academy is by far probably the most talented team in the state. If they show that and can continue to show that, they should, they should win the state. So, I'm thinking that they probably was able to beat Bishop Hendrickson, but... I wouldn't be surprised if Richard Hendrickson got the upset. I would not be surprised at all. It would not surprise me one bit. So, yeah, I would have to say to wrap things up with Rhode Island, I would say, which we obviously I'm not going to be recording um, Sunday. If I had to say whoever wins the winner of LaSalle Academy versus potentially um, the winner of the of the Bishop Hendrickson classical game, I would have to say that most likely LaSalle Academy will probably win the state on Sunday. So that's pretty much how I'm going to wrap things up for that. I think you know, Rafa Awa might be one of the better players in the state. I mean, he's very talented. As well as the, you know, the pieces around him, which are a very good team. You know, we'll definitely, you know, when we get the All-State, um, All-State finalists or all the, the All-State team, we'll definitely announce all those as well, which usually happens right right. If it doesn't happen after the season, which it usually does, it comes out after the season. Probably will come out shortly after the playoff results. So, pretty sure New Hampshire's will be out pretty soon. So, I'll probably definitely try to see if I can get that on the next pod. And, yeah, so we've pretty much wrapped up three states so far. This is definitely uh, the last pod with over an hour, so... Had a little dead time with that one. Again, just trying to get all the information in. But we've got three states wrapped up. Um, I think we have, we have Vermont next. Which actually, we'll do that at the end. Um, we have Massachusetts, Connecticut. And then we have... Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like... Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Vermont. So that's pretty much how we're going to end this show.
So let's um, let's start with Connecticut, which they just started their playoffs. So when I first recorded back in Wednesday, back on Wednesday, they were just wrapping up their season. So we'll kind of, you know, jot down some of the notes that I have for that. Well, it was a definitely a, a exciting end to the season because you was able to see probably the one of the best games of the season. You had Notre Dame, um, Notre Dame prep, or Notre Dame West Haven, excuse me, because Notre Dame uh, West Haven has two teams. They have Notre Dame prep West Haven and they have Notre Dame West Haven, which you know Notre Dame prep is basically the. Um, is basically their uh their preparates uh their their private school you know which is kind of like you know what a lot of players will go to to kind of prepare for college or go to a prep school to, to prepare for college usually players that have a good chance of playing in D1 will go to these schools so they have that type of um they have that option as well of having that um, school. They've had a good seat. Both of the teams, Notre Dame West Haven, the high school version of it, and then the Notre Dame West Haven Prep, have both had very strong seasons this year. Notre Dame, if you look at the rankings, which we'll run that out in just a second, they've had a successful season. They were undefeated throughout the year. And if I'm not mistaken, their only loss was to Northwest Catholic, which probably was the biggest game of the season. So let's take a look at those rankings for that. Yeah, so they've been number one in the state for the past month or so, which I last, uh, what January, I didn't have them even like ring remotely in the top five, or they might've been maybe, maybe just in the top five, but now they're number one because of their very strong record. They're led by Timory Gray, Jordan Elliott, and Tajay Jones. Those, those are their top three players. And like I said, they have had a strong season, so they run into a, a very talented Northwest Catholic team, which when I say talented, they're talented. I think if I had to re-rank the teams, I'd probably say Northwest Catholic deserves to be number one at this point. They've had a big, big, big win against them to end the year. They're led by big man Hayden Nadula, Matt. Matt Curtis, which had 38 in that game against Notre Dame. Huge game for Matt Curtis. He was really absolutely a stud from behind the arc. He made some deep threes, back-breaking threes against them. And they had the home crowd behind them. So it was definitely a very good environment. And pretty much everyone came out to support this team and really was behind them all the way. 
So those two right there, I mean, Hayden Abdullah and Matt Curtis are pretty good. And they, like I said, I mentioned that they, the kid that they were able to get to really solidify their front line, Badera Diacat. Uh, I think he was playing the freshman team or either the JV team early in the year. And he moved up probably sometime, you know, mid-season or so. And that has definitely helped him quite a bit. Definitely has helped him quite a bit. So. I mean, they're definitely. Definitely have had a strong season. And obviously the score of that game is 69-60. Both teams have had a strong year. And it's been definitely a lot of highlights in that game. Uh, the coach for Northwest Catholic, John Marabello, he was able to get a 600 win as well. And all I mentioned that Matt Curtis had 38 points. As far as like the scoring for uh, Notre Dame West Haven, Tajay Jones had 20. Jordan Elliott had 14. And then... Tom Mary Gray and Connor, um, Makai Connor both had 11 each. So, nice window against one of the top dogs out there in Notre Dame West Haven for uh, Northwest Catholic. That's a huge win. It probably was solidifying them in the, you know, in the playoffs as far as like just getting momentum for their team, knowing that they can beat anybody in any given moment. And then you have number two, Bristol Central, which ended the season undefeated. They pretty much play in class two. Yeah, Norfolk Free Academy, which we'll get to them in just a moment. They had a tough loss, but we'll get to them in just a moment as far as like the playoffs go. Uh, number four, Niagara Tuck. They uh, ended the season undefeated. We just mentioned Northwest Catholic at number five. At number six, I have Windsor. At number seven, I have Fairfield Prep, which has had a strong end of the season. At number eight, I have Ridgefield. At number nine, I have St. Bernard. And at number 10, I have East Catholic, which had a sound year, which they deserve to be in the top 10. Not a not a, a traditional year for East Catholic, but they've had a sound year. It was pretty impressive the way they ended the season. So... Let's see if we have the bracket available, which I was, you know, res uh, researching the other day, which, believe me, I was trying to research a lot before I was going to record, because, believe me, I was not really prepared with Rhode Island. I didn't have, wasn't able to get the, get the scores for Rhode Island, and I ended up still trying to, like, search for it while I was online, as, I mean, while I was recording as well. So I wasn't able to really get that. And we still have don't have an available bracket for Connecticut yet. It's from my one of my sources, but but yeah, I would have to say for uh the team that I was mentioning, NFAA, Northwich Free Academy. 
they end up losing, which I was able to get this article, they end up losing the East Lime, which that's a huge upset. Norfolk Free Academy, which we don't have, we didn't have them ranked in that particular ranking, but they've, they've had a very strong season as well as anyone. They've been playing good as, as good a basketball as anyone, but this is a tough loss. That is a huge loss. And they lost, yeah, 55 to 51. That, I mean, you saw with Norfolk Free Cat, they're one of the better backcourts in the state. Antoine Williams. Yeah, they had a 16 and 3 record. 16 3 record, and they lost. But they, think about this. They they had a strong end of the season, but they did lose on the 15th to, to New London, which that was a low-scoring affair. They, they lost to New London. Rembert is one of the... And then I'm just take a look at their, you know, their roster and stuff. They're led by... Guys like Antoine Williams, Tyrone Cummings, Austin Cannon Jr., Nas Rembert. But, yeah, man, they got a stacked team. Javon Foster's pretty good, too. This is a stacked team for them to, like, play down their, their potential. East Lime is a squad that's not really on anyone's radar, really. They're just, like... It was a really low ranked, uh, very low ranked team, man. They're not even on anyone's radar right now. Say that they're in D one, I think. Well, they would be because uh, class, class, class one. Wow, they're just they're not on anyone's radar right now. That's that's the crazy thing, bro. For them to lose to that type of team, man, that is something. I'm still trying to right. I'm searching for that that box score. Bro, East Lime is 12-8. and eight. That is a bad loss, man. That is a huge loss to lose to that type of team. This happened on Thursday, which was the quarterfinals, which we're still trying to wait for that bracket to come out. But, man, that's, that, is, that is a bad loss for Northwich, Northwich Free Academy. Oh man, that is a tough, tough loss. Let's see if I have any information on their roster, East Lime. See what they're able to do against them. They're not a huge, huge team, though. Like, their biggest guy is 6'3. 
Not saying that Dunford Tree Academy is a huge team either, because they're really not a huge team like that either. Javon Posh has pretty good size, but other than that, they're somewhat of a reasonably smaller team. I would say a smaller team. They're like an average size team as far as like Connecticut. But there's a lot of other Connecticut teams, which we, we mentioned, Dunford Tree Academy, that has very good size. And then Notre Dame has very good size. And a couple other teams that I, I like a lot of, too, that do are Out of all the teams in New England, I think Connecticut has the most depth as far as higher-level talent. So I wouldn't say North Retreat Academy is one of those teams you could say is like a higher-level talented team. They're talented because of their guard play. They're one of the back, better backcourts in the country. I mean, excuse me, in the state. So... They're coming in at least able to at least be a play a high level talented game as far as like you know being good on the defensive end and being able to get out and transition and make plays in transition. And they weren't able to do that in this game. They were able to they weren't able to really, you know, score in the sixties and seventies and really up the pace of the game, which I think that's their best way of beating teams is is to play a little bit more faster, but they didn't. They didn't play that fast, and they allowed a team like East Line that doesn't have as much talent as them to do what they're able to do and to stay in the game. So that's a tough loss for North for Free Academy. If you look at other former players, I remember – um, seeing Mason Jackson playing on their team a couple years ago, they, a lot of a lot of those players end up going to uh, prep schools, so they did lose a lot of talent from prep schools, picking off their roster because they did have a little bit more size, but they end up going to uh, those private schools to kind of see if they could fit onto a D one school uh, D one college. It's, that tends to be the case for a lot of these bigger schools. They do, players do tend to, you know, go off and make the best decisions for their for their future, which is potentially going to those schools. I mean, it's been, it's been, a few schools have been lucky, like Bristol Central, able to keep their star, star big guy, um, Donovan Klingigan. Donovan Clingen, they were able to keep him. And we all know he's like top center in the, in the state, perhaps in the country, one of the better big men in the country, which he's committed to UConn. So, I mean, a lot of schools were able to benefit and be able to keep some of those guys. Matt Curtis, we thought he was going to go and jump ship and lead Northwest Catholic. He ended up staying. And obviously, it's benefit them. They've only had lost one year, one game on the season, heading to a potential championship bout with. Well, depending on how the bracket looks, I still haven't looked at the bracket. But they look good, which will definitely, definitely dig deep with Connecticut and Massachusetts as well, which we're going to get into that Massachusetts in just a second. We're definitely going to dig into those brackets next podcast. Check out for that. I'm going to try to get the podcast done on the same day. I know I've just been lagging. But uh, definitely going to try to 
get them at least maybe if it's not the same day or either the, the day or following day. But uh, just a lot of research to be done with that to get everything in and try to get as much in as possible. But uh, let's move on to Massachusetts, which a lot has happened in Massachusetts while I was gone. Again, similar to what we did with uh, Rhode Island and Connecticut, we're going to kind of review where we uh, end at the end of the season. We're going to also look at the my current rankings for that state as far as February goes which in a few days will have will be in March, but we're going to see what we have for February for that state. All right, so start number one. We had number one, we had BC High, which I don't think anyone can, di can disagree with that BC High being number one because... It looks like they're handily just been beating everyone up in the state. They've been playing sound basketball, led by the coach's son. Um, like Mike Lange. And then uh, they're also led by Greg Cooper, which is he's made some strides this season to be there. The Batman and Robin for Mike Lange. Mike Laney. And then you have number two, you have Andover, led by big man Aiden Kamen and Logan Satlow. The two twin towers inside for Andover's been contributing one of the top defenses in the league. We're going to get to the, that big matchup with BC High and Andover in just a second, which we all know, you know, why BC High is number one because they were able to be successful with that. But uh, number three, yeah, Beverly. They've only lost one game this season. Number four, you have St. Mary's. They they play in D3, but they've had a very tough schedule, so they definitely deserve that ranking. And number five, you have Taunton, which Taunton plays in the Hockamock League. He's had a very strong year and which the Hockamock League has been very strong. You have Frank teams like Franklin that have done well and also Mansfield. Uh number six you have Central, which plays in Western Mass, which is pretty much in Worcester. Uh they only lost one game this season. They had a very good non conference schedule. That's why they may not you know play a lot of teams particularly in conference, but they've had a very good non-conference schedule. They played a few folds and they were able to be somewhat successful. Um, number seven, we have Franklin, which we just mentioned. Franklin's had a strong year. They've only lost one game on the year. Number eight, we have Pembroke, which pretty much plays in D2, I believe. Yeah, I think they play in D2. They've only lost a handful of games, I believe. Uh, two or three games if I'm not mistaken and number nine we have North which another team in Worcester out west they've been very successful I think they've only lost one game on the year and then number 10 do free which technically if I had to lead them out for the next ranking I probably would because they've been sliding a bit of late 
The team that I don't have on the ranking right now that's had a huge run of late, which they've only lost two games, is Malden Catholic. I had Malden Catholic in the last ranking, and I had them in the, uh, the, the preseason ranking because they didn't have a lot of games, so I couldn't really have a gauge on how good they really were. They've had a lot of games that were canceled because of COVID, a lot of games that were rescheduled, and then all suddenly once we've seen them start winning a, a bunch of games, they were able to beat Beverly. Beverly got their first loss of the season against Malden Catholic. So Malden Catholic has been impressive of late. Um, there's a few games that we want to get the results of. Um, obviously, BC Andover is one game that um, I'm pretty much going to... Uh, preview and then we have Everett and Malden Catholic that's another game that we're going to dig into before we start seeing that there's a bracket for Massachusetts so far so far we don't have one for Connecticut we'll set to see if Massachusetts have has one out but uh let's get the results for that just bear with me So yeah, a huge win for uh for BC High. They were able to beat Andover sixty-four to forty-two. And yeah, led by Mike Longy. Uh, yeah, he has a tough name to say, Mike. Mike Longney, Mike Longney, and then you have Greg Cooper. Both of the guys are just talented on the wings. Mike Longney is 6'4", Greg Cooper 6 feet. Mari Guerrero has also made some strides as well. He's 6'3". He also plays at the guard position. So they have some big guards on the wing. I think Greg Cooper's their point guard. So Greg Cooper's their point guard. That's that's pretty good. You have Mike Lungley and you have Guerrera also on the wing. And then you have William Doyle kind of solidifying the interior. He also is a guy that plays on the perimeter, shoots threes as well. So Yeah, they're 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 a tough team, man. I think they're in the driver's seat to really win it out. They're undefeated on the year. I want to see if they uh, they had a uh, they played in the comp which that Andover game was a part of the Comcast tournament. I want to see if they were able to beat Everett, which was the the game that they were going to play next. They also beat Bridgewater Rainham as well, which we'll get in the results of that in just a second. But let me just see if I can. Get the rankings on that. I mean, get the results for that BC high every game. Wow. Is that really what happened? No, that was, that's an old article. 
That is an old article. So there you go. Just found an article courtesy of Boston Herald. BC High beats Everett. They claim the Comcast Board 27 title. Wow. Mike Lungney had 20 points in the game, eight assists, six rebounds. They beat them 78 to 64. Wow, what a season BC High has had. What a season. Perfect 21 and 0. They beat Bridgewater Rainham as well, 70 to 47. Perfect 21 and 0, dude. I like to see. Of just killing me, but that is that is impressive. That is a great victory for them. Sound victory, and then okay, we mentioned Malden Catholic, which if I had to rank them. And for the for the March ranking, I'll probably put them in on number two. And they I wasn't we wasn't able to get the results for the every game. Let me see if I can get them over here, Everett. More than Catholic. More than Catholic has been led by Tony Felder. One of the top players. Yeah, I'm not able to get that. So it definitely turned, uh, definitely turned the page on that. But yeah, Tony Felder has been their one of the better players all year. Jamari Hamilton Brown's been good. They, I think they were able to have a lot of guys. Preston Kelman. Bo Moody at 6'2", he's a sophomore. But I think they they pretty much depend on two main guys, Tony Felder Jr. and Jamari Hamilton Brown. Those two guys are the heart and soul of their team. But they are very deep. They definitely have four or five different guys that can kind of help them. But I think those are the two top dogs. That have been consistent for the ball season long. So they, if I had to say who has the advantage, I think Everett's been good all season long, though. But they really haven't played a lot of 
teams because the North Shore has been fairly weak this season. They won 17 games on the year, but they only they averaged 67 points per game. Um, Malden Catholic uh, averages well over 70 per game. I mean, if you look at it, they've they lost to Cambridge Ridge and Latin, and they lost to Brookline, which Brookline's a very good team this year. The Br- Brooklyn's been pretty solid this season, so that's a, no slouch to lose to them. That's a very solid team. But the North Shore has been very weak this season. Lynn English has been having a down year this year. I'm trying to see if they played Beverly this year. They beat Tech Boston 78 to 50. That's a pretty sound victory for them. They beat Brockton 61 to 50. They beat Newton North. I think that's a very impressive victory as well. Yeah, that's a, and that was pretty much the Comcast game. They, I think that was the, one of the games at the Comcast tournament. They beat Newton North. So. And then, of course, they lost to, you know, BC High, which you just mentioned. We'll have to see the results of that Malden Catholic game. But they haven't, they haven't lost a lot of games. Only lost three games on the year. So that's a sound season, but they really haven't really played that much this year. Their schedule was fairly weak. So I would say, with that, I would just say, uh, yeah, man, BC High is in the driver's seat. Expected number one seat in his upcoming D1 tournament. Let's see if he can find a bracket so far for the MIA playoffs. Still don't have a bracket yet, unless this one is it. No, it's not. No, cannot find a bracket up yet. But uh, let's continue. Far as like Mansfield is another team. Or really, hold on. Before we get to Mansfield, let's take a look at Andover season. 19-2 and two on the year. As they wrap up their season against BC High. And they lost to Newton North too. So they lost to BC High and Newton North. So that was... A tough loss, and they end the season with a, a nice victory against Lowell, which Lowell's had a tough season this year. So I would say Andover probably will be maybe a number two seed. But, uh, okay, we got to look at it north and south. BC High, I would think, would be in the south, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll probably be ranked number one in the south. Uh, Andover will probably be number one in the north. So that's probably how it's going to look. Malden Catholic, it doesn't 
top team they're probably going to be in uh let me see what they are second in the Catholic, which I believe that is D2, I believe. Yeah, I'm just, I get confused. Uh, they're, they're in D2. They're, they're in D2. Because St. Mary's is in D3. So, and then St. Mary's at number four, as... They're one of the top teams, the top five team for me. They're pretty much going to be ranked number one in Division Three. Pembroke would be probably ranked, as far as Pembroke, I think they're ranked as like D2. They'll probably be ranked in D2 South, probably number, number one. Central will probably be ranked number one. And this is, I'm just like kind of predicting the bracket, by the way. If you guys haven't catched on, I'm predicting the bracket. Um, Central, which is also a top five team. I think I have them ranked number one in the West. Beverly, I would say Beverly will probably be ranked number two up north in Division One North. Taunton. Probably have them ranked. Because we have a whole top 25, uh, courtesy of Max Press. We have a top 25 as well that we're going to look at. So we'll probably go through the top 25 and see where they'll be ranked. So right now we're at Taunton right now. I have them ranked a possible number two or number three seed. Maybe Franklin might have the upper hand on them. Franklin has played more games than Taunton this season. So I think maybe Franklin might be, which uh, I think Massachusetts splits it up into three, I believe. Three, they, they, well, actually four. They split it up into four. They, they have North, they have South, they have West, and they have Central. I think Franklin is part of Central, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think Franklin is Franklin's D1, I believe. Yeah, the Franklin's D1. Mansfield's D2. So I'm just trying to get everything in order. But Taunton as is, is, is part of D1. I think they would be part of D D1 South. And I think they'll be right behind BC High. They'll probably be number two behind BC High. Newton North will probably be part of D3 South. They'd probably be number three. Franklin will be part of D1 Central. They'll probably be number one. Mansfield is D2, so probably D2 South. I think they'll be number one in D2 South. Randolph is part of D3. They've only lost one game this season, so they'll probably be part of D3 South. And it should be fun if they play against St. Mary's. If Randall plays against St. Mary's, that should be an interesting matchup. That obviously St. Mary's will be D one, D D three. Uh, number uh, they'll be D three North, and they'll probably be number one seed. Well, Randall will probably be uh, uh, D three South and be the number one seed. Lexington, I believe they you would say they're in the Central. 
So they'll probably be. Actually, they might be north. I think Lexus is a little bit more in the north. Either the central or the north. I'm not 100% sure on them. But if they're in the north, they'll probably maybe D3, uh, D3 north. And they'll probably be maybe the third seed in D3 north. Or either if they're in the central, they'll probably be number two seed in the central. Uh, north. Probably be, they've only lost one game this season. They're 19 and 1, which is in Worcester. They'll probably be uh, D1 West. At, they'll probably be the number two seed D. They'll probably be the number two seed in D1 West. Lemister at 16 and 4. Um, I would probably say they're. They're probably, Lemister is probably in the north, so I would say probably third seed, third seed in the north. Salem at 17 and 3, probably the fourth or possibly fifth seed in the north. I think Salem is in D2, by the way. Everett is in D1. They probably would be. I would say maybe third or possibly fourth seed in the north. They only have two losses on the year. Central Catholic, which is in D1, which they're in the north. They'll be in the north. So Central Catholic most likely would probably fall in the fourth seed in the north. Needham at uh, 15 and 5. They probably represent D1 South. So I probably think they'll probably be fifth seed in the South. Pembroke represents D2 South. They're probably the second seed in D2 South. 16 and 2. Atterborough at 15 and 5. Represents D1 South. Probably the sixth seed. Brookline at 14 and 7. D1 South, seventh seed. And North Quincy, which probably represents the South. They'd probably be, which I think North Quincy's at D2. So I think they represent D2 South, and they'll probably be maybe a third or possibly the fourth seed in D2 South. So we'll we'll end it with that. So this is a little preview of the, the seedings that we'll probably see in the upcoming Massachusetts bracket. Uh, we're gonna get the results in next podcast for the playoffs for both Connecticut and Massachusetts, which pretty much starts their um, playoffs next week. Well, Connecticut already started some of their quarterfinal games, but we'll probably have the full bracket by next week. Same thing with uh, Massachusetts and same thing with Vermont as well. Vermont hasn't started their playoffs. Their season uh, pretty much ends, you know, pretty much ends this weekend, by the way. So we'll get into that right now. Get into Vermont, which let's take a look at our rankings for Vermont. 
bear with me with that. Another hour podcast. I definitely would love to content, condense these a little bit more because I would love to keep it a little bit more efficient in the future. But let's take a look at Vermont. This is for the February rankings for Vermont. Number one, I have St. Johnsboro Academy. Number two, I have Rice Memorial. Number three, you have CVU, Champlain Valley Union. Number four, I have Rutland. Number five, I have Bellows Free Academy. Number six, I have D2 Montpelier. Number seven, I have Spalding, which I believe I think is in D2 as well. Number eight, I have Fairhaven. Number nine, I have Mount St. Joseph's Academy. And number eight, 10, I have North County Union to round up the top 10 in Vermont. Let's take a look if there is a bracket for them, which I don't know if there is, but we'll double check to see if it is. Because I believe their season is just ending this weekend. Nope, still no bracket for them yet. All right, so. So I have a few notes to go after um, some of these uh, these results for the end of the season. Uh, we had a big game in February 24th. Rice Memorial against St. John's, bro. Those are the top, you know, we all know we just mentioned the top two teams in the state going at it. St. Johnsboro won 56 to 36 in a defensive struggle. And um, the key is just the defense. I think St. Johnsboro's defense is one of the best in the state. They've only lost one game this year. Take a look at the schedule real quick. Their only loss against CBU, which they lost 49 to 48, which we all know how talented CBU is. And then, yeah, and they've been pretty much victorious ever since. But they've, excuse me, that was their last meeting. Excuse me, I had to check the score for the last game. Their last meeting against Rice was 56 to 36. This previous meeting was even a much lower score. They lost, they were able to win 33 to 32. I mean, that's, that is pretty. That is a that is a defensive struggle if you if 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 you ever seen one. I mean that is the, that is a true defensive struggle right there. That is, wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean that is a lot of low scoring right there. And you gotta love Fritz Hauser. He's six eight two twenty. 
one of the better rim protectors in the entire state. Sam Benjing is also pretty good. Cole Banks also solidifies their backcourt. Murphy Young is also good. Nathan Clay is also good. But, yeah, man, they like to play low scoring. They like to keep the score down. Their next game is against Brockborough, which is a pretty weak opponent. They've only won 10. They've only been 10 and 10 on the year. So, expect that to be a low scoring game. They probably only scored 20 points. If you can keep Rice, which Rice has pretty run the score, was been able to run a score up against pretty much anyone this year. If you can keep Rice under under 40 points, then I think they can really shut down pretty much anyone in the state defensively. I mean, that's pretty much what they do. Their size is, is their advantage, and they take advantage of it. And they play slow, grinded-out games because of it. Let's take a look at the... Um, the CBU roster because this is the only team that's able to beat St. St. John's Road this season. And they're led by let me see. Led by Logan Vaughn, Alex Probst, and Ethan Murphy. Logan Vaughn's probably their best player. It's 6 2. Yeah, so yeah, I would definitely say they got some. Good talent in the backcourt, and then they have Logan Bond, which pretty much solidifies their front court. Nineteen and five on the year. Their last victory was against. I don't even know the name of their team. This team, it's abbreviated South Burlington High School. South Burlington's been pretty weak this season. 10 and 11 on the year. Not a... Vermont hasn't been that deep. I think they're more top-heavy than anything else. They have just probably three good teams, and that's really it. As far as, like, D1 goes. Montpelier is probably is in D2 is the next best team, according to Max Preps in their ranking. At Montpelier ranked number six in my ranking. I think Rutland is a pretty good team. They're fourteen and five, but they don't. They haven't really beaten a lot of foes this year. They, but they they've been good of late. They've been kind of beaten up on a few uh, weaker opponents. Burton Burton they able to win seventy one to thirty eight. Mount Anthony beats them seventy to forty eight. Look at them. I, I mentioned them and what, what their top players are. Braylon uh, and Licky is one of their top players. 
And they're de- they got a decent squad. Spalding has got 20 wins on the year, 21 and 2. North County Union, 18 and 1. Mount St. Joseph Academy is 20 and 4. So they, those guys, those teams are pretty good, I must say. Also, for Vermont, Mount St. Joseph's. Let's take a look at what they were able to do. As, as they lost, they lost to Hartford. Is one of their top games. Andre Prunny is their best player. They lost to Hartford 73-67. to But they ended up beating Windsor, which I believe that's the last game of the season for them. I see. No, they, they still have to play. Let me see. Yeah, that was the last game of the season for them. They had to uh, they play Windsor, and they beat them 75-46. to So I don't think there's any bracket for them either. So let's see what Ma, how Montpelier end the season. They're nineteen and one. They were able to beat People's Academy, and they were able to beat U32, seventy nine and forty seven. TA. These abbreviations are killing me, man. Deadfer Academy, which was two and seventeen on the year, pretty bad team right there. They would have beat them by almost thirty-five points, eighty-nine to fifty-four, and then People's Academy they were able to beat eighty to forty-three. Absolutely dominated that that game. They had one of the better players in the state in Jonah Cano. Jonah Cano was one of the top scorers. He's averaging close to 24 points a game. So, some of these uh, teams that are outside of Division One are pretty good. They got some talent outside of D1. But, I mean, let's be real. They're not really playing against elite-level talent. There's some schools that are in D1 that can't even score, you know, 40 or 50 points consistently against bigger bigger teams like St. Uh, St. Johnsboro which is St. Johnsboro has pretty much been shutting down most teams throughout the year keeping their scores down because they're probably one of the bigger schools in the state so yeah man so I, I like Vermont I think they've been good all year long That's pretty much all I have for tonight. I know it wasn't this show again. Work in progress. Don't really have 
the equipment that I need don't really have the things that resources that I would like to have don't have the guests that I would like to have. So again, it's a work in progress. I know that I'm seeing the numbers down, but I'm still trying to push through and still trying to put the pot, uh, still try to put out podcast the best I can. Um, I'm hoping to get things better, hopefully, because like I said, I, 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 I know that the people that are supporting me in the past, I know I could put out a lot more better content than this, but I'm definitely striving to continue to better the platform. And but again, it, it all starts with you guys too. Like without you guys, then it doesn't, it doesn't get to another level. Believe me, I'm going to do my work regardless whether I have anyone's support or not. But it does start with the support as well. And, um, yeah, just I'm going to continue to push through. You know, I know I keep harping on, on things that aren't perfect with my podcast with my platform but like I said I've always been transparent and try to be real and and believe me sometimes that could be a detriment because I know there's a lot of competition out there for your time so I'm going to be doing the best I can to put out the best work that I can and with the time that I have it may not be what your standards are that's fine. You know, I I will continue to to put out stuff and believe me, I'm not going to I'm not going to give up. I'm going to definitely push through regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances. Um I've been doing this for going on maybe a 2 years or so. It's been ups and downs. That's part of that's part of the gig. That's part of how things are particularly when everything in life is not going to be just given to me. So, and really just given to anyone, really, if anyone wants to do this, not everyone will be successful. Most people will quit. So I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for the ups and downs of it. And I just know that it may not be perfect right now, but one day it will be perfect. I mean, not even, I'm not going to say it like that, but I'm going to say it like one day it will be, um, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm just kind of just saying a few things that, are, that I have off, that I'm saying off my chest to try to rectify things. If people are just, um, not able to see the benefit of of the platform but it will it will get better believe me it will get better it may not be great right now maybe work in progress right now but it will get better believe me i had times where the podcast was soaring i thought i was going it was going to get viral to the point that there was times that it's gotten slow and that's just part of it so again um I'm not going to keep harping on it. I'm just going to just say it all starts with you guys. The more support I have, the better things will be for the future. The better the podcast will grow. 
there'll be more guests, there'll be more things that will pique your interest. Because believe me, I know on the other side, I'm I'm the type of person that I like to see certain um, platforms that I listen to myself. I'm big on YouTube, so I like to watch a lot of YouTube videos. So I get it. I get it how it is on the other side as as the consumer as well. And you're, you're, you you got to be careful what, what how much time you put in. And you may not have a lot of time, whatever you're doing on your daily life. And sometimes the pockets can fit in whatever podcast that is. But I, I like to, I know like I don't have the best, most entertaining. Sometimes I can be drawn out and boring. Not even really boring. I wouldn't say that, but just kind of more of like a more of like a. If you're big on statistics, you're big on like things that like. Because I'm going to give you like content that's kind of exclusive to kind of like the area, because believe me, the reason what motivated me to do this is because I felt like even like in Massachusetts, it wasn't no uh, recognition for high school basketball. You might get a little bit of talk through the newspapers and whatnot, but there was never like any like audio or any like or really like a platform where it was drawn out where it was going to completely cover most of the action around the state as far as like Massachusetts or even just New England in general. That's pretty much what my platform covers. I cover every New England state or every state in the Northeast, you know, obviously not New York, of course, but like that New England region, I pretty much cover it. So this week we didn't do college basketball. We're definitely going to dive deep in the college basketball, but yeah, like as far as like high school, like it's never, it's never like the focus, you know, mostly it's professional sports is the focus. So if you want to go to those bigger podcasts, you're not going to have a problem, you know, finding. And even sometimes Celtic coverage does get diffused by other professional sports. Sometimes the Bruins might get more taught than the Celtics as far as, like, if you listen to the the bigger platforms, the, the you know, the bigger radio stations around, around the state, they're not going to really focus on that, focus on Celtics that much. So, I mean, I try to at least put the Celtics in. I try to give them a spot almost every week for that reason. And then obviously give you a little, you know, outs, give you a little high school, you know, updates as well. I don't want to make this too drawn out. But, yeah, I'm just trying to just let everyone know that I get it. It isn't the most perfect, drawn out entertaining because sometimes I kind of just look at the stats or look at my notes and I'm trying to just give you the best um, content, particularly for what I have to what I have available. But like I said, as time goes on, things get better. The resources will get better. I will start to get guests. Hopefully my plan did not fall through as far as getting the job. Um, that I wanted, which I could have been able to like go cover games in person, which I want to do that this upcoming year. After this season, I hope that plans to truly get out there in the field, 
truly get out there and interview players, truly get out there and truly get crazy, crazy um, connections with people in, in the industry. And, and I will try to make that effort. So best believe this is just the start of where things could go. It's not perfect. I'm sitting here doing this in my apartment, recording in my apartment. So eventually things will kick off where I will have my own studio. I'll have all the bells and whistles, but it's right now it's, isn't the way it's going to be. It ain't going to be always like this. So hopefully I'll have your support. If not, then it's okay because you guys can use your time wisely on whatever you're interested in, whatever piques your interest. That's okay. That I'm the same way if it was the other way around. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to end it off on that note. I'm sorry I rambled a little bit. Just kind of just wanted to, this is kind of like, I love, sometimes I love podcasting because I can kind of get things off my chest. I don't have to, you know, even if I don't have anyone to talk about it to someone or I, actually I do. I do have a few people to talk to and I'm pretty sure they, you know, they are listening. They know, they know where I'm coming from. They know that I will always reach out to them when I need to, you know, need to talk to someone. But this is also a nice place that I can kind of bring this off my chest. It doesn't always have to be about sports. It also, I, I've always dived into my personal life at times throughout the two years that I've been recording. And it's kind of like a little, I wouldn't say a diary, but it's kind of like a journal where it's like an audio journal, an audio book journal where I kind of just display my thoughts put it out there, press record, and then everyone else, anyone around the world can hear me speak. Even if I'm sounding crazy right now and I'm rambling, but it is what it is. I'm just, I'm human. I'm not perfect, but I just want to just get that off my chest because I understand that the, the, the numbers went down or it hasn't been as busy as it's been. So, but I know, I understand why. I understand that it, it hasn't been perfect. Um, there's been what the last two episodes I wasn't able to put the whole episode in. So it was like an episode, like two episodes were recorded in one day and then another episode fell like a couple of days after that. So I'm going to try to be a little bit better on that. But uh, just understand the process behind it all. It doesn't, it's not. It's, it's definitely not going to be the best right now, but it will don't mean that it won't be later on in life. Don't, I mean, pretty soon I would hope to have maybe a team, build, get a team together. But like I said, I have to really take care of my foundation first. Once I get the foundation done first, and believe me, once I get that foundation done, get the studio built, all the plans that I wanted to do, which, you know, obviously were deterred because of the financial implications of the accident that I recently had. So that kind of set things back. But once I get that foundation developed, I, I will be reaching out to people. I will be getting more guests. I will be getting, hopefully building a team together. Cause believe me, it's in order to build something big, it, teamwork, uh, teamwork is dream work. So that obviously would have to start with that. 
But um, obviously, I had to build a foundation for them to come. They always say that they have the saying, if, they, if you build it, they'll come. That's how it works with, you know, a lot of business ventures that you're going to have in life or really just if anyone's trying to start a business, you, it's tough to do it alone. It's definitely tough to do it alone. And I understand that. But like I said, I'm just trying to build that foundation first. So that way they'll take me more serious. Let's just say that that's just a way of a good way of saying it in order to, in order to do business, it, it, it takes, uh, it takes, um, it takes that foundation that you need to, to get it. So that way people can understand, um, where you're coming from and understand and really take you serious. Cause like I said, if you're not, you're not built, you don't get that solid, you know, the solid thing working to your benefit, then it, it's not going to be that easy to build or it's not really be even easy to grow it if you don't have that foundation built. And so that, so right now that's why it's in work in progress, but it will definitely get there. Best believe that. But I'm going to end it right there. Um, this is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and S podcast. I'm out. Peace.